0: Welcome back, to last guys off the bench. My name is Josh Kane, and I am here with none other than Darcy Fraley. What's up, Darcy? Playoffs, playoffs. Talking about playoffs, playoffs. We are talking Kane, about a
1: game. <laughs> we are talking about playoffs. Yeah, we are. We are two games into the first series. Yeah, and I mean this has been a really exciting time. I mean, the first round is looking a lot better than it has in the past. Really excited to see what happens these next couple of games, and that's what we kind of dove into in this podcast and. I hope you guys enjoy it. Thanks for tuning in. And away we go. Josh, let's get started with the games that are going on tonight. So we got some a couple game threes that are two of them. I'm really excited for. Uh, first, we got the Heat and Sixers. Oh man! So right now it's one one. Big news tonight, though. Big news. Embiid's playing. Embiid's playing, even if he's risking uh, permanent eye damage. <laughs> Kinda into it. Uh, and I mentioned this to you. So like we we talked about this a few times. I'm gonna go on a little rant right now to open up the pod, you're welcome. Like comparing this team or comparing any team that has a chance to compete for a title, um, in a with somebody who's injury prone like Embiid, yeah, to the Bill Walton seventy seven Blazers, who they never I mean, he had his best year the next year, but he got hurt and he wasn't able to come back for the full playoffs. He you know, there's a lot of things that went on with that. And he was never the same after that until he went he played went and played with the Celtics one year and won a championship with Larry Bird, but it was years later. Different player, and I think. He had, major, he, was,
0: he had major foot issues. Yeah, major foot issues. They were just like, issues. they were shooting his feet up with yeah. drugs and stuff, like, yeah. trying to just mend him together.
1: Didn't work. No. Nah. Well, this I mean, it, it worked to the point where they won a championship. Not long after term, that, though. Yeah, after yeah. that. And I mean, I'm not saying that's how Embiid's career could go, or will go, but I think it could go that way. And they have a really great team right now. And I don't want him to risk permanent injury with his eye or anything like that, but I don't want them to sit him out because they're like, we can be here and next year or the year after. It's kind of like Steven Strasburg with the Nationals. Yeah. They sat him out that one year when they made the playoffs because they didn't want him to go over the pitch count. Yep. Like, I just think, you're in the playoffs, you, you don't know what's going to happen it. next year. You don't know what's going to happen four years from now. This is your opportunity. Take hold of it. This team is excellent. This team is really good. Yeah. They have, they have a chance to compete for a title. uh uh-huh. I'm happy. That, I'm happy to see him playing, and I hope that he plays well and that they, get, they can get past the heat here. And I do think the
0: the brighter spot in this, like, oh, is it okay for him to play? What's going to happen? What mm-hmm. if something bad does happen? Like, the reason he's playing is because he very much wants to be yeah. on that court. He he's I, a competitor. He's a competitor, and after game two, after Sixers um, lost game two, which we'll talk about, yeah, he was like very vocal in saying that he was pissed off that he was on the floor of this team. Yeah. So that's like the... It's not like the Sixers are being like, you got to get out here. No, it's NBA, the opposite. It's the opposite. Yeah. yeah, they probably
1: want him to chill, yeah. but dude wants to play. No, I'm excited to see him out there because I really think it's going to make a big difference in, in one, and in how they play yeah. and who they're playing next to them. And I mean, Ilya Sobo was great in Game 1. game great in Game 1. And they shot 65% from 3 <laughs> in Game 1. You know, that's a big reason. And the Heat yeah. shot 45 in Game 1 from 3. And it's a big reason they... Won that game. Yep, and it looked like from the score, it looked more like a blowout than it actually was. Yeah, game two, they shot 19% from three, so they will they'll be able to let, like rely less on the three pointer, which will be nice. I think they'll be able to feed and beat on the post. Be able to work out of him a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll be interesting how rusty he is. Um, just coming back from what it's been a couple weeks since he's played, so I'm worried about that. Uh, it is a little worrisome, but. Ilyasova has
0: excelled like so far in the series. So we're just isolating like down low for Philly, like Ilyasova. In the first game, he had seventeen points and fourteen boards. Like, he was he, killing he it. He tore it up. He killed it. I was um, basically in
1: three quarters. I don't remember him playing much in the fourth quarter.
0: In game two, he also had fourteen points and eleven boards. And again, this is like Ilyasova was a great pickup. Yeah, he's a great veteran piece on this team. But if he had that success down
1: low. I just can't wait to see what Embiid can do. No, exactly. Especially um, with the rebounding. I mean, yeah. And block shots. He's going to help so much on defense. Yeah. Uh, the downside is, that, well, maybe it's an upside, that he'd get to play Whiteside more. Well, that's, he didn't play him as much. that's not good, though, because
0: Whiteside's been god-awful this series. He's, <laughs> Let's he's, go for the Sixers, then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But Whiteside, this guy, like, a couple years ago, had a career year. He was great. Uh, one of the top centers in the league. He got paid a big contract, and ever since... Miami is in this constant struggle with trying to get him to actually like really play. And this entire series, when he's on the court, he looks like the most disengaged person out of both teams. <laughs> and a lot of the times, he looks like the worst person on the floor. Yeah. And him and Embiid have already gone at it a lot this year. I think we talked about this last week how they were maybe that's the different thing they're to do
1: is to get Embiid out of the game, get in his head. And just hopefully they get double tees and get him kicked out. Maybe. It's a strategy. I don't know. Either way, <laughs> Embiid is a game changer yeah.
0: for this series. And it's a series that has been tight. The Sixers, they controlled game one, and they really fought in game two and kept things tight and kept things close. Yeah. So they seem pretty – both teams seem kind of even right now with where they stand. Even if Embiid wouldn't come back, I would still think Philly could pull out the series. Yeah. But with Embiid around, that just topples the weight. All the way to Philly's side.
1: Absolutely, I think they're. I think they're a good cha- there's a good chance here that they're, they're going to pull out game three and game four. And I think you're not going to see a performance like that from Dwayne Wade unless they go to six or seven.
0: That was classic Dwayne Wade. That was, was. really fun to see. And no, he was. wasn't. He was playing that well all game. I remember when the game started, he came out hot, and I was like taking some notes about the game, and I wrote <laughs> down like, "Is this the Dwayne Wade game of the series?" Because we came <laughs> into it knowing that Dwayne Wade would have a game like this. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh shit, it's happening." And he started early and he didn't stop. And he actually had like three or four straight plays on offense and defense late in the game mm-hmm. that sealed the win for this Heat team as Philly was surging back. Yeah, love seeing it. Love seeing him back in Philly or not back in Philly, back in Miami. Mm-hmm. But you're right; you can't expect what he did to
1: happen every night. Yeah, he scored 28 in 26 minutes, so can't expect him to put and on 11 of 16 shooting. It's not typically an efficient score. And
0: he was a very effective, very effective defensive player, too. Yeah. I don't know all the stats on defense, but I know his defensive rating was, like, the lowest on the Heat of mm-hmm. that game. So he had a big influence. What do you think Miami
1: needs to do to, to pull out some wins in this series? To get past Philly. Really.
0: So the big difference between Game 1 and Game 2 for Miami was their aggression on defense. In Game 1, they were sagging off a lot of guys. They were kind of—they weren't playing bad defense, but they were giving guys space, guys like Bellinelli yeah. and Ilyasova and primarily Ben Simmons. They were just kind of trying to contain instead of going at them. Yeah. And when they were trying to contain, Philly just like went right over top of them. But in game
1: two, chased them off the they, line. They chased them all over yeah. the place
0: and they were like they were playing hard from the time the ball was inbounded on the opposite end of the court mm-hmm. until Philly got it all the way to the other end. I know a couple times they forced a turnover or two when Ben Simmons had the ball like 94 feet away from the basket because the guys like Justice Winslow and James Johnson, Josh Richardson were just like playing right on and literally not giving him any space. And that really kind of frazzled Ben Simmons a little bit specifically. He adjusted and he still pulled through and kind of showed some, some, some nice positive looks for like handling a bad moment in a lot of ways. But that's how Miami has to keep playing. They have to keep forcing these guys to, like, play out of their comfort zone. Yeah. I think you need more from Dragic or some consistency from him. Dragic disappeared. In yeah. Game 1, he was literally irrelevant. I don't remember seeing him at all in Game 1. In Game 2, he started off pretty strong. Yeah. Like, he, you know, he came out being like, I'm going to be in this game. Mm-hmm. But then he still kind of quickly tapered away. Uh, he wasn't
1: part of that second quarter where they were yeah, yeah. taking okay.
0: off. He's just been absent in the series. and. He's there, arguably the best player. Yeah. In a lot of ways, Miami has a little bit of a luxury because they don't have one All Star like top notch player they need to kind of look to. But adversely, I mean, once one of those guys fades away, yeah, that means way more, and it's it's really led to Miami's demise in that first game, and they're the a tight game in the
1: second one too. Absolutely, I think the only shot Miami has here is gr- they need a great bench. They need them to continue. Dwayne Wade, Kelly O'Linick. Uh, they need something from Justin, Justin Winslow. Justin Justice Winslow. Justice Winslow. <laughs> Justice Winslow. He's he's producer on defense for them, so
0: he's got yeah, that. He's a pest, and he's gonna get in all these guys' heads. But he can't and shoot. He still can't shoot, and it's gotten his shot's improved since he was drafted into the league like two years ago. Uh, but he's still not an offensive
1: force, and they and it really, looks terrible. they really need him to kind of turn a switch somehow. Yeah. I don't know if it's possible. Not this series. Um, yeah, I definitely think. I you know I I think I said this series could be a really long one. I I could see the Sixers honestly winning the next three games. They just looked so good in Game One, yeah. and even when they were down in Game Two, they yeah. fought back. They won every quarter, but the second quarter, they just lost the second quarter by twenty points in Game Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, I mean, it's it's hard to overcome. All right, who we got next? Let's go. we else is playing tonight? Let's go, with Spurs Warriors. <laughs> um, what have you seen from this series so far? Uh I think nothing surprising.
0: Currently, the Warriors are winning two 0 in the yeah. series. They won Game One by 21 points is 113-92. Game 2 they won by
1: 15 points, 116 to 101. So going into game 3 and 4, I think you're going to see a, a Spurs team that one is riding on emotion in game 3 after Popovich's wife has passed away. I could see them winning that game for Pop. I think it's going to be an emotionally draining game. So if they do win, I think they're going to get blown out in game 4. Yeah. Um, if they were to lose Game Three and we got the Game Four. I could see them having a very valiant effort in Game Four because it is a a prideful team and a prideful organization that I think they could put together a decent game. And they'd be at home
0: as well still yeah. at that point in the series. So the and bench is going to play better. Yeah, uh,
1: people like Forbes, people like Kyle Anderson, people like Murray, all the young guys—they're going to play. You should expect to play a little better at home. Yeah. Um, I still think we're going to have a good game from Manu or Tony one of these one of these two games. We haven't
0: quite had a. Like similar to how Dwayne Wade had his game. We yeah. haven't quite had a manual game yet. He's had some moments, but yeah, I'm still I wish this first team had a little bit of a different outlook because I do love watching them. Mm-hmm. And frankly, they're just so outmatched in the series, just from a talent perspective. Yeah. That no matter no matter what they bring on offense or defense, no matter what schemes they run, no matter what adjustments they make, yeah. at the end of the day, just through brute force, basically, the Warriors are gonna be able to they're going to be able to pull the series out. No one can stop KD on on the Spurs. He's shooting whatever he wants over tiny guys like Bryn Forbes and Patty Mills. Yeah. Or he just going right around the bigger guys like LaMarcus Aldridge or even Rudy Gay, like whenever he wants to. Yeah. They have no one to guard him. They haven't been able to stop
1: Clay yet either. And they're relying so much on... Yeah, Patty Mills is playing 30... He played 32 minutes in game two. Rudy Gay played 37. I mean... I think they, I mean, Kyle Anderson only played 10. Kyle Anderson and DeJounte Murray, they're both, are, much. they're both normally
0: kind of key role players for the Spurs, and yeah. they have been played off the court mm-hmm. just with
1: how this, how Golden State makes teams struggle. Yeah, yeah I don't see, this isn't going to end well for the Spurs. <laughs> I don't think there's much else to say here.
0: I was, I was a little positive when Game 2 started, yeah. because... Um, the Spurs did make some like classic game two adjustments yeah. after getting creamed in game one. Marcus Aldridge played way better in game two, put up thirty four points and twelve boards. He adjusted well to a lot of the Warriors' schemes against him. Warriors kept doubling on him a lot in game one and really made him struggle to like figure out how to beat that double team. But by game two, he could beat it, and that that led me to be positive. Even just at the end of the first quarter, when the Spurs were still kind of rolling and the Warriors were looking sloppy. But again, despite all those adjustments, and despite some of those positive outlooks for a guy like Aldridge, who the Spurs need to play well to be mm-hmm. effective, just didn't matter.
1: No, I mean, the yeah, the more talented team is just clearly winning out here.
0: I do want to say that in Game 1 and Game 2, the Spurs are just trying to make Draymond Green shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in Game 1, him... Draymond and JaVale McGee both were really gunning on offense. Yeah. And I kept thinking, like, this is the most ideal thing for any team to make Golden State do. Like, if you can just somehow get the ball in Draymond's hands and make him shoot a three when he's a 30% three-point shooter instead of KD or Clay Thompson or Steph Curry or any of those Mm -hmm. other guys, that's very ideal. Absolutely. So I am interested to see how, beyond this series, when the Warriors do have, like, more of a challenge ahead... Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see if other teams are able to exploit Draymond on offense a little bit and really try and key in on letting some other guys beat them instead of KD or Clay or Steph. You have to. That's the only way. (laughs) What else are you going to do? We probably could have stopped talking about that series like three minutes ago or immediately. (laughs) (laughs) So let's move on to the Pelicans and Blazers. This has been a fantastic series so far. In my opinion, it's been my favorite series to watch. Right now, the pelicans lead the series two nothing they won a tight one in game one um 97 to 95 they similarly won another tight one in game two 111 to 102 it was one of those games where the score was closer than that just until like the last minute or two when Mm -hmm. the pelicans were getting fouled and able to make some shots and pull away yeah but both were really great games to be honest i'm i'm kind of surprised that the pelicans lead 2-0 right now
1: no me too i i You know, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had won one, but the fact that they're going in to their own house, up 2-0 against Portland.
0: Portland's done, right? Like, that's my gut is that Portland, they got to come back from this. you got to think
1: the Pelicans are going to win one of these next two games. Yeah. So, I'd expect Portland to win this game, this next one coming up, but I I can't see them stealing two in New Orleans. Anthony Davis is a grown fucking man. Beast. He's killing it. He can do whatever
0: he wants on offense. A lot of times the Pelicans run some simple pick and rolls with mm-hmm. him um, picking for Drew Holiday or um, Rajan Rondo, and he rolls off. And Rond- Rondo loves doing this. Rondo loves just throwing up this ball really <laughs> high, this really sky-high lob for Anthony Davis to go up, grab, and yeah. slam down into the basket. Davis was so big that when Rondo throws these lobs up, they're at a place that literally no one else on the court can touch it. Like I don't care, like who is defending him, guys just can't get to yeah. where the ball is. Only Davis can get there, and he just does what he wants. It reminds
1: me of uh, Chris Paul and Tyson Chandler when uh-huh. he to play together for the Hornets and for these Pelicans. I think that, and you mentioned this before when we were talking offline. I mean, Drew Holiday is the key to this series. He's been playing out of his mind. Despite our incessant praise
0: for Anthony Davis. I think Drew Holiday has been the best player in the series. Oh, yeah. Like From from an eye test perspective, in Game 1, he was great. Uh, He had a game ceiling block in the last minute of the mm -hmm. game in Game 1. In Game 2, he similarly had just as great of a defensive impact on the floor. Um, He was constantly fighting for balls, constantly kind of diving on the floor to add extra possessions to the Pelicans. But even more so in Game 2, on top of that defense, he had a huge, huge offensive impact. Um, he was sinking some shots. He was. He had a dagger three late, where he just kind of spot up, pulled up a three pointer. Yeah, yeah, game
1: two, he was their leading scorer. Yeah, with nine assists, and you got Rondo. Um, both those games, he almost had a triple double. Playoff uh, Rondo is
0: real. <laughs>
1: I have uh, so I. In game two, it'd be fun if he played all eighty-two games, right? It'd and, be awesome. Yeah. In game two, when do you think he's gonna look back on his career and just be like, why didn't. Why wasn't I trying?" Probably not. Probably, he's probably not. He's just, like, that much of an asshole, but... I mean, regardless of that, he's in the perfect place right now.
0: Literally, for him, like, Anthony Davis is, like, a little toy that he can do anything mm-hmm. with to get assists and succeed on that team. So he's in the perfect place. Uh, he is the perfect pairing for Drew Holiday. Having Rondo at point guard and having Drew Holiday play at shooting guard really mm-hmm. allows him to kind of escalate his game a little bit. He's able yeah. to work in ways off the ball that he wasn't able to do when he had to play point. And he's such a big body. He's a strong guy and he's quick as well. And when he's able to do some work off ball and have Ronda be the primary ball handler, that just really that just lets his game explode. Mm-hmm. It also gives him a little more energy to work on defense when he doesn't have to like bring the ball up the court. Every okay. offensive possession and stuff like that. Like Rondo is a perfect fit for this team.
1: Well, and Drew Holiday, he's getting a lot of rest, so like he doesn't have to worry about a lot of his injury history. Yep. Um, and Ray John Rondo's fresher because of it too. I mean, he's able to like focus on defense for the first time and since last year's playoffs. <laughs> Rondo is maybe I should not say Rondo playoff Rondo. He can be a like a frisky defender. No, that, that's that's what's so frustrating about him because he doesn't try all year. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't put the effort in, and he's still going to have his assist numbers up because it's. What matters to him? He like passes up wide open shots for you know something else, hoping hoping that it goes in. But yeah, he's he's. I'm glad he's having a good series. He's extremely frustrating. When he got traded to Dallas that one year, he had an awful season in Dallas. Well, it was only the playoffs. I mean, he was it was terrible. Mm -hmm. I mean, they when they traded for him, it was like a month left. I was like, oh, this this team could win a championship. It was two years after. It might have been the year after they had won the championship. Or t- no, maybe it was two years. I don't know. I think it was two years, and this year, when they had Rondo... They got Tyson back.
0: And But they, they lost to the Warriors this year, right? The year they had Rondo, they lost to the Warriors in round one?
1: Oh, I don't know. I think they lost It to was the like 2013. I don't know if the Warriors were in the playoffs yet. I think they
0: were. I think they... I think... Gosh, I don't 20? really know. I think they. the Warriors won their first series in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and then got bounced in um, the second one, Same I believe. You. Yeah. But... In that second series, even though they lost, it was still kind of an awakening moment. Like, oh, shit, this Warriors team could be for real. Yeah. And then next year, they ended up exploding onto uh, the scene a little bit. Yeah. Either way, I'm all here for playoff Rondo. In the year 2018, playoff Rondo outplayed fourth quarter Damian Lillard <laughs> in game two of playoff series. <laughs> and I've never been more okay with it, anything in my life. Yeah. Um,
1: it's Well, he's just worried about being a uh, first-team All-NBA or being an All-Star. So he's concerned with who Lillard? Yeah, Lillard's so bitching about that.
0: Lillard and CJ McCollum have both been super ineffective for the Trailblazers yeah. uh, in this series, and a lot of that's because the Pelicans are really trying to key in on them. Uh, they're really getting the ball out of their hands. They're making guys like Nurkic and Ed Davis and yeah. Mo Harkless and uh, Zach Collins. They're making everyone else but CJ and Lillard score the ball, mm-hmm. and they're they're saying like if you're going to beat us with
1: with everyone but your two best players, that's fine. Yeah. do it. You know what I want to see them do in Game Three, the Blazers. What? I want Evan Turner to handle the ball. I want CJ and Dame off the ball. CJ or not CJ? Dame needs the ball though. They both need the ball. I don't know. I just want. I want to see what happens with Evan Turner. Yeah. Like you want Evan Turner to have I want the to ball. Turn back the clock. Oh man. Yeah. I'm feeling it. Okay. I want to see what happens. I. I, wanna, I, wanna, I would love wanna, to see what happens. Laugh 12, at it. 6, and 5. <laughs> no, hey, he's had a bad series. He's not playing that much, honestly, because he can't. I mean, it's, this is a terrible team for him. But yeah. I don't know. I, I want to see him switch it up. Maybe uh, play Ed Davis more. I mean, he plays good defense, he can score the ball if you give it to him in the right spots. Um, Davis is one of those guys um, who
0: he again, never no, hurts you. He never hurts you, and specifically in relation to Anthony Davis, Ed Davis. Although he can't stop Anthony Davis, Ed Davis can make him work. And when you have guys like Anthony Davis – I've said Davis like 10 times. Yeah, it's confusing. Or guys like – even like LeBron or Giannis or these guys who are literally unguardable. Yeah. The only thing you can hope to do is make them put in energy to do those things that you won't be able to stop. Mm -hmm. And Ed Davis has shown that he can be that guy. He gave gave Anthony Davis a little bit of a hard time throughout the series in moments –
1: I'd like to see him play more. I think him and Zach Collins are, are quality players and I, I like them defensively better than I like Nurkic.
0: When I watch Zach Collins play, I'm really surprised that he's a rookie. Like I forget yeah. that he's a rookie because he looks so poised. He's quality. So he fits right into the system really well because uh, he doesn't have to shine. Yeah. Uh, he's able to take a back seat and do the things that he does really well without mm-hmm. worrying about anything else. And I'm really I'm excited to see how he progresses in his career. This is his first year and he's yeah, he's doing stuff in the playoffs. Yeah. He's helping this team in the playoffs. That's a big deal.
1: Yeah. I expect them to win game three, but uh, maybe the series will go six just out of sheer will from the Blazers. But it's not looking good right now.
0: I mean, I don't wanna I don't <laughs> I don't wanna assume that the Pelicans are gonna sweep the Blazers, mm. but I mean they won both games Pelicans won both games on the road. Like the roadmap yeah. is there for them to just go into New Orleans and cruise. Absolutely. See so what happens. I'm excited for the game. A, it's yeah, been my favorite tonight, right. Like it's been yeah. my favorite series. It's just been the most. Each game's been like competitive. Yeah, it's been the closest series. I'll say. Yeah, so. It's gonna be cool. It's gonna be fun. Let's get
1: it going. All right, let's talk about your wizards. Oh man, <laughs> I don't know if I want to talk. About or your wizards. Raptors. <laughs> we can talk about your Raptors. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is, ra- they just happen to be playing each other. So,
0: <laughs> I will say that as as much as I hate seeing this series as a Wiz- Wizards fan, this is the worst basketball team we've just played in a long time. And as much as I hate that, I have been on this Raptors train all year long. You have. And I haven't sold my stock. I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, so I'm obviously not happy that the Wizards are losing. Yeah. But at least there is a little light at the end of the tunnel, as a Wizards fan, that I also believed in the Raptors
1: this year. No, I agree. I mean, uh, the, you know, they always say it's, like it's not a series until the home team loses. So yeah. The Wizards have that sliver right there. Yeah, because, them and the Spurs.
0: <laughs> but they're down. But the, the Wizards are down two nothing. Well, oh, it just doesn't look good. It's no, one thing
1: to be down two nothing like the Blazers. Yeah, although they're going on the road, but it's another thing to be down two nothing. It's just like you know you're not playing well, and I I know you feel the same way. I I honestly think <laughs> I want to see more Saturansky. I want to see less Gortat, more Saturansky. I think their best lineup is with Wall, Beal, him, Porter, and Morris. I. I I would love to see that lineup play 30 minutes together, I am 30 so, minutes total.
0: I am so pissed off that uh, Scott Brooks has essentially, he's bailed on the whole idea of Sadoransky contributing to this team. Even though Sadoransky was the he one was great player, when he, Wall was out. he stepped up more than anyone else this yeah. year. He's the most improved player for one the Wizards, team. and ever since John Wallace has been back, Scott Brooks has just been like, oh... Saturday he has been playing well for the past three months? Yeah. Fuck that. Let's just let him ride the bench and play him for ten minutes a game.
1: Yeah, he's not he's not he's getting fifteen and twelve minutes in these games. I I think you need to play him more. And I why are we playing Ty Lawson? This isn't this isn't five years ago. We can stop. But the bad thing is that He looks fine. He looked like he yeah. looked like the third best player on the Wizards
0: last game. Yeah. Ty Lawson, he went <laughs> Ty Lawson carried this Wizards team in game two when no one else in the Wizards could do anything. Um, him and Mike Scott. Mike Scott's also been yeah. like the Wizards' best player of the series. Gosh, it's just bad, man. It is bad. If they're your seventh and eighth guys and are performing well, that's great. Yeah. But when, when the, those when guys have to <laughs> step up and you have to rely on them because no one else can do anything, yeah. that's awful. Bradley Beal in game two it's a minus 36. <laughs> minus 36. That's that. That's that. Stats and analytical data it doesn't yeah. always tell the story, but if someone's a fucking minus 36, you know that's bad. That's not like a fluky, like that's yeah. awful.
1: And he's not getting anything going to the rack either. I mean, he shot two free throws in game 2. You, you know, I understand being off, but you got to go get it. You got to go want it. And I right now it doesn't seem like on like if you're looking at their faces he doesn't or anything. It's, they're just kind of like body language is the big thing for it, the Wizards right now.
0: It's bad. Every time Beal misses a shot, he doesn't get back on defense, and he yeah. like starts throwing a fit. He's either angry that someone fouled him, even though they didn't foul him, or he's angry that someone on offense like didn't do something well. Yeah, like and it's just sad. Scott Brooks is fired, right? He's out the door. I would say yes. Yeah. I don't. I don't see any other alternative for the mm-hmm. Wizards, even. Even if Scott Brooks isn't as bad as it seems right now, even if he is a better coach, no, I'm sure yeah, he yeah, is. Yeah, like, I, he's better than it seems right not now.
1: Necessarily it's yeah, just, but he's not working. Yeah, it's exactly it's not working. And and this team in this Eastern conference is talented enough to get out of the East on paper. Yes. And the fact that they're one, they're the eight seed and they barely got over five hundred. And two, they're we're you know, we're sitting here and they're down two oh to a Raptors team that is vulnerable. You know, they're just emotionally vulnerable. And yep. they're not taking any advantage of over that. And they just they look disengaged. So I, I think they gotta fire him. Um, Probably make Satoransky player coach. <laughs> Stop <laughs> it.
0: John Wall has also been underwhelming this series as well. Yeah. There were good moments for John Wall when he was producing on paper. Yeah. There were moments when in game two specifically, the Wizards went on a little run to get the game to like six points, and yeah. John Wall was the reason that happened and it's because he was finally making layups. John Wall couldn't make a single layup in game one, so he was finally like getting shots to fall. But even when Wall was leading this Wizards team on a little
1: surge, yeah, it just didn't look good. A he lot- was putting his head down and not worrying about anybody else. He was trying, to yeah, just- and he and was trying to do it for the betterment of the team, but it just but he was, doesn't he, look good.
0: The <laughs> the Raptors knew, like they yeah. know what John Wall is going to try and do, right? So mm-hmm. when John Wall has the ball. They leave guys in the paint. They smother the paint, and despite the paint being clogged by yeah. not only Toronto defenders but Wizards offensive guys, mm-hmm. John Wall just drives right into the paint. Like you said, puts his head down, yeah. and then when he gets when he gets stopped, when he gets kind of mm-hmm. fumbled around the mess down there, he haphazardly just tries to like whip the ball out to the sideline to nothing. There's no yeah. one there. There's even like no one there. Period, and it's a turnover. Or whoever is there just like can't hit a shot because mm-hmm. the teams underperforming so much. It's just bad. Like even in their good moments, it's just bad.
1: Yeah, and I think he's he's not particularly playing. I wouldn't say well, but I will give him credit for getting to the line over ten times in game two and like really, you know really trying to do something. He did look more engaged in game two. Yeah. in game two, he I, he even had
0: he had one or two of his um, classic John Wall like blocked shots. Mm-hmm. John Wall is one of the best guards at blocking shots. Yeah. Somehow he's just always able to get in right positioning and he's just long and very athletic. Yeah. Uh, and he had some of those classic moments, but uh, it's sad. <laughs> the Raptors, on the other hand, as sad as the Wizards look, the Raptors aren't winning these games just because the Wizards suck. Like the Raptors actually Yeah, they're playing they well. they look the part right now. Game one, they won their first they won their first game one ever, I believe, in franchise history. There are a lot of questions coming into this series, coming into the playoffs, about how this, how this younger Toronto team and how this deep Toronto team would look. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I had talked about all season long. We talked about how Toronto's lengthy rotations would translate into the playoffs, and in Game One, Toronto played eleven guys. Mm-hmm. And that was without Fred VanVleet, who was injured with a in shoulder injury. Two, they in game two, more. they played twelve
1: because yeah. Fred VanVleet was back in the rotation. They played twelve guys in game two. Yeah, and I think, I mean, the benefit there is that you're giving your guys rest, but everybody but the starting five was in the minus on plus minus. But they were, and that's at home. They looked good, though. Like no, no, I, no, no, no. I, so I'm not. I'm not discounting it. I just, I think, I think. So I think, you can he, do that against the Wizards. I don't know yeah. if you can play twelve guys against. The next round in the next round. Who are they playing next? Um, it would be winner of Cavs Pacers. That's
0: a different story. But anytime, <laughs> anytime LeBron is in the picture, like yeah. things things change. Right? Yeah. Even as much of a Toronto believer as I've been, I've said For from sure.
1: like day one that if they face LeBron, they're not going to beat him. Can we talk about the Cavs and Pacers, if you don't mind? You, you got anything else on the Raptors and the Wizards? I think we thought we both think the Raptors are probably going to sweep. Honestly. Raptors
0: going to sweep. Yeah, I do this one. I want to prop up Dwayne Casey in staying committed. Throughout the
1: series, not it was only just the organization and staying committed to him, not only yeah they could have they've been committed him. all around.
0: Yeah. In this series, he's committed to continuing to play some longer rotations and utilize a lot of guys. Yeah, but despite that, he hasn't been afraid to really like yank guys out quickly if they're underperforming. In That's game, the benefit of in, having so many people. Yeah, in game two, some days off you can. Put again, back in. Fred Van Fleet was injured in game one. He'd yeah. been
1: injured. He only played like five minutes in the game two. Yeah, though. in game
0: yeah. two, he. Played five minutes early, but looked awful. Yeah, And although he had gotten kind of been a catalyst for this Raptors 2018, mm-hmm. Dwayne Casey very quickly yanked him yeah. and didn't play him again. And he used guys like Delon Wright, who mm-hmm. was really playing well, and like CJ Miles, who yeah. was also really playing well. And Dwayne Casey's done a hell of a job. He's a legit Coach of the Year candidate. If Brad Stevens wasn't doing what he was doing in Boston, mm-hmm. I think he would win Coach of the Year. Yeah. So just shouts out to Dwayne Casey. I respect that.
1: Let's, let's jump to the Pacers ca- uh, cavs uh Caps though. Let's do it. So I was watching this game last night. <laughs> um again, it's just this is not unusual for a Cleveland team. I try and I actually despise watching them play. And for this reason. Everything runs through LeBron, which would be fine if you weren't doing it to the detriment of an offensive set. I haven't seen the Cavs play and have an offensive set in years. Well, since they've gotten it back. And it's just it's really bothered me yesterday even though they won i was like dear god like i found myself rooting against them even though i wanted them to tie the series yeah. to make it competitive yeah you know what i mean like i was no, like i get you yeah i didn't want them to go down oh two well i would have been cool too just to, like the storyline the narrative but uh yeah i was but just watching the game i <laughs> i was i said this to you um before we started recording it was you know you got george hill bringing the ball up and and, george, and these other guys that are on his team this is a talented roster it's not like terrible it's fine I, I do want to cap. It could be fine get one paper, but yeah. these guys look bad. No, they look shook. They look sh- like yeah. and so well, I, what, what's tripping me up? though? George Hill's been in these games, right? So I'm just gonna pick on George Hill right now. Do it. and it's it's more of I think it's more of a, the gravitational pull of LeBron and the lack of any coaching from Tyron Liu. That yeah. like he's staring as he's dribbling up the court before he gets to half court. He's staring at LeBron, who's Whoever's guarding him is like all over him, right? They're smothering so him. They're so making him not. Yeah. Have so if you're, if you're get getting ball. it to LeBron, at, one, it's at the, really at the half court line. Yeah. So he, it's very close to being a back court. Yeah. He catches it, and you're throwing it up like he's in the post <laughs> at the half court line. Yeah. And George Hill's staring at him, and the guard who's guarding him is just go, like letting him go. Like if he wants to go right, he can go right. Mm-hmm. And LeBron's on the left, and it's just like it's just really frustrating to watch such an amazing talent and such a great player be. F- be playing that way when I think that we could move, be moving the ball a lot better.
0: I agree, but I also think this Cavs team right now is trash. Oh, yeah. You they, know what I mean? Need like, they need him, right? They, they, I get it. They have to run through LeBron because no one else, no one else can yeah. produce. I, I think
1: this is what I would do. We've I've said this many times, Phil. And it might not work. I think you need to run through Kevin Love at the high post. So, and I think you're going to get LeBron the ball. It's not about Kevin Love shooting. Yep. It's about. Letting him not have to, from half court, <laughs> score every basket. He had 50 po- 47 points or 36 points. It's like, it's just, it's really debilitating to watch. And I again, I found myself rooting for Indiana because I was like, well, this team is actually doing something. They're moving the ball. They're finding Darren Cal- uh, Darren Collinson. Darren Collinson. Yeah. They're finding they're finding him in the corner or they're finding him on the wing after they've made a couple passes. It's like, wow, it's like, it looks like basketball. It's hard to watch. Coming back to Kevin Love, we've been talking about how much we want to see him playing
0: the post, high post. post Ever since we started this podcast, right? Um, Yesterday, there was a three-minute stretch to start the fourth quarter where LeBron was off the floor, and and they they were were running things through Kevin Love. They weren't. They weren't running sets through him on the high post, yeah. but they were getting him the ball in the post yeah. and letting him work down low. And he carried this ca- He carried the Cavs team when LeBron was off the floor for yeah. three minutes. Three minutes is a lot of time for Absolutely. LeBron to not be playing. Yeah. Normally he hops out for a minute, has a quick bit of rest, and then jumps yeah. right back in. But Kevin Love carried them, and that mm-hmm. was great to see. It was also great to see from the Pacers' perspective, LeBron put up 16 straight points for the Cavs in the first quarter. Yeah. He had 20 points in the first quarter. Yeah. Once it ended, I forget how much he had what he had to have. I think he had like 25 30 points at half. Yeah. yeah I Des, know we ended up over 45. Despite LeBron he had 46 in the game. 46. Despite LeBron doing that early on, the Pacers were just like Okay. Yeah, they hung around. Like, just, they're, it, they was, like, it was like it. nothing. They are like, like a good team. Oh, you're putting up 46 points? Yeah. Fuck that. We're still just going to keep playing. Yeah. And they didn't, they didn't get frazzled. They were poised. Mm-hmm. They stuck to their game plan. They were playing hard and smart. And that's how they were able to, to make this game close. Yeah. The Cavs only won by three. I honestly can you believe that? Can you believe that in a game when LeBron put up 46 points, and in a game when the Cavs defense held the Pacers to 97 points, Yeah. 97 point effort from the Cavs defense, yeah. 46 point effort from LeBron on offense, and the Cavs only won by three points. No, exactly, that's, that's
1: scary. It is scary. Uh, this this series is going seven. I, I just, exa- only because I think LeBron can drag them through it. And but I, I could, you could see the Pacers winning and just watching that game, and you're like, I, I love going on. I love
0: seeing LeBron take things to this next level. Like he, did no, it's in it's awesome. two. and it's awesome. But I don't. He's never had in in. In round one game two of a playoff series, he's never had to turn on that switch like yeah. this early in a postseason. Normally he saves this shit yeah. for for the Eastern Conference Finals, for the finals mm-hmm. itself, like playing somebody in the West. Like he's always able to do this, but normally he's able to save it until yeah. he really has to. And sadly, right now he has to in
1: round one versus the fifth seed. And this was they were at home these two games. So they're going away. Take like a field house and that place gets a little rowdy Indiana and they have not Indiana know, like, has a great fan base yeah. they love their basketball I, I mean it's going to be tough for some of these guys to play I, mean, I think you're going to have to rely on more of your veterans if you're cleveland and who's that oh, veteran? like Cor- yeah, yeah. corver and, and corver had it it was, was like jose calderon like what yeah, and you can't play jose calderon more than 15 minutes like you just you, you literally can't so in in game, in game 2 you can't play you can't trust jeff green Okay, uh,
0: I gotta I gotta rant for a second too. Alright, so Jeff Green started game one. Right. He's been doing this shit for Jeff, Jeff 12 Green, years, man. Jeff Green started game one. Jeff Green's notorious for having like random moments throughout the season where will put up like yeah, 35 points. He dunks points. on two dudes and you like. He oh, dunks my on two guys, guys. Right. he has a great stretch, and he sucks your team in it's and a your fan base. All in. Yeah. He sucks your fan base and makes you think like, oh wow, yeah. does Jeff Green have this? Like, is yeah. he like this? And then once you start thinking that, literally as soon <laughs> as that light bulb turns on in anyone's head, he goes over 8 in the next game, like he did in game one of the playoffs. So he started game one, went over 8 didn't make a shot. Ty Lue announced before the game at a presser that he was going to make some like bold moves to the Cavs' starting lineup, blah, 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 blah. He's got to be fired, dude. He, Ty, Lue, Ty Lue ended up, he started George Hill. Kyle Corver, J.R. Smith, LeBron at the four, and Kevin Love at five. He took Jeff Green out of the starting lineup. And everyone was like, even the announcers, they're like, oh wow, like, you have to really applaud Ty Lu <laughs> for making this great lineup change and such a smart decision, such an innovative move. Yeah. Are you kidding me? He He took the worst player off the floor. He took the worst player on the floor off the floor. Like, why are we praising this guy for for doing absolutely nothing. and
1: he, Well, he's done nothing all year. Yeah. So great job, Tyloo. Yeah, I, they need somebody. I don't know. They need a stronger organization to manage LeBron. I just can't take this shit anymore. And it's, you're letting LeBron run this organization. Great for LeBron. Good for you. I love that hurting LeBron, his legacy. I love
0: that LeBron has his empowerment, but he hasn't always made the right moves. And uh. some of his worst moves could have been prevented if, like you said, you have a you have a GM, you have a front office, you have yeah. a coach, you can kind of say like, you know, we don't agree. I don't know how you would approach the situation, but who can kind of push back a little bit. Yeah, I mean, um, it, again, it's why he left Miami.
1: But Miami had that system. Yeah, like if if this was if it was Cleveland that he was in Miami that first year, they would have fired Spolstra after he 17 wanted, he games. Wanted,
0: he wanted Spolstra fired. They would have fired Spolstra. Pat Riley said no. Which William was, Wade said no. You yeah, know, like
1: they there strong. there was strong leadership there. Yeah, it's just. You know, you can't just run, you can't let this guy just run a team. Stop. And LeBron's always going to try. I don't any great player who you know, they probably are right. they're going to be like, "Oh, cool, you're going to give me this power. Let's let's go. Let's, let's roll. roll with it." Of course he thinks he's doing the right thing. And I think he'd be I really do think he'd be a great coach if he wasn't playing.
0: And a lot of a lot of his moves are like he's going to be the focus on any team. Yeah. And a lot of these moves are like how to keep him comfortable as the main focus. For sure. Which Again, you can respect that. Yeah. Like, if the best player in the world wants to do what he wants to keep yeah. being the best player in the world, like,
1: let him do it if you really yeah. want to.
0: But there are so many ways that this organization could have
1: structurally made this team much more sound. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't think. I hope Indiana wins the series because I think it'll be a lot more competitive against the Raptors. I don't want to see the run out of the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, because I, you know, if he plays the if he plays Toronto, like he's in their head. So I could really mess with them. But otherwise, that, this Cleveland team just, I don't think they have a chance. They're, they're bad. And like, it is bad. It's hard to watch. And it's not, it, I don't even, I honestly don't even think that, like, yes, they look scared and they just, like, look out of sync. But I think so much of it has to do with, what do you do when you just... Like, you know how debilitating it is just to give it to somebody and let them do whatever they do? And then be ready to shoot four shots a game and make them? Uh, like, like, that's hard. Like, I, I can only imagine just... You know, I was playing pickup today, and I was like... Like, you know, so we had somebody like that doing that. It would, He it wasn't good. <laughs> <laughs> like, so, like, one, I'm pissed. But two, like, even if he was, I'd have been like, well, this is boring. You yeah. know, like, you just get... You get tired of just doing that. Like, can we just run something where somebody else might get open and it, it provides excitement? Or let LeBron run point and actually be point. Yeah, because he's good at that. That's his. That's his twilight. You know, he's gonna, four years from now because somehow his career is going to be like twenty five years. But I. It's it's no nah, like, seriously. Though, two years from now, he's going to be a great 16, eight and eight. Like he's just going to be fun. He's going to run point.
0: Or just be buried in the post and just bully everybody in the post. <laughs> Both. Both, yeah. Him and Ben Simmons and a bead, just like, <laughs> Redick on the perimeter. LeBron, shouts out to you, your forty-six point performance was pretty damn amazing. Yeah. it was electrifying. I, I didn't, I didn't see the first half, of the first quarter. Yeah, I turned the game. one crazy. I turned the game on late. It was to nothing. Yeah, I turned the game on late, <laughs> and the score was like nineteen to three. I was like, oh shit, and then I saw LeBron James scores a sixteenth yeah. point. I'm like, I literally, I didn't watch the game for like four minutes and like he already had sixteen. Like what the hell happened? Yeah. I love that I love that he's still able to do those things. He's still the best player in the world. Yeah. But man, your team's not good right now. No, it's bad. Let's, right, move let's on.
1: Yeah, let's let's round out the East. So we got the Bucks and Celtics, right? Yeah, Bucks Celtics. That's the last one. Yeah Celtics lead the series 2 0. Yeah. I'd... Would you have felt that coming into the series? Uh, I'm not surprised, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes back two two. they've both been close games. Bucks look bad. Yeah, but we've, you can't, can't get worse, right? I mean, you can't. Get, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they not get better. Like it took, it took, you know, it took overtime for the Celtics to win that first game. <clears throat> Granted, they played better than the Bucks. They deserve to win both games. Yeah, they're playing better. It's a better team. Uh, there's clearly something missing with the Bucks in terms of their cohesion and just like how they're how they're operating together, but. The the that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I, similar, oh, yeah, similar, similar to the Wizards, who have like a great roster,
0: they have great guys. This is another, Yeah, the, the Bucks, Bucks. The Bucks—they just look so disengaged, and
1: the this could be like the fact that we're talking about Philly making out of the East. What the, and the the Bucks have, have the most talented roster I think in the East of any of these teams. They just from, have, from like
0: a one on to paper. seven like yeah. on paper. Yeah, like,
1: yeah. It's like crazy, and it's just yeah, they're playing terrible. So. I think a
0: lot of the Bucks a lot of the Bucks woes stem from their coaching. Joe Pronty is their current coach. And back when they fired Jason Kidd, I remember having a conversation on the podcast. Like after I did some research on Joe Pronty, he was a guy who he was he was a Spurs product. He played like under er, not played. He had coached under Popovich, I believe. And like and I saw that on paper. I was like, oh wow, maybe this this guy could like do something really good for this Mm -hmm. team. He hasn't. He's really bad. He can't find a way to make Giannis productive yeah. consistently, which it's you can't find a way to make the most like athletic player, like the hardest person to stop in the league yeah. offensively. You can't find a way as a coach to bring that out. Like that's that's saying something. He's all for rotations. He can't draw up plays like out of out of timeouts and stuff. He can't even defend so alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna Moran about Joe Prunty here. End of the third quarter in Game 2 against Boston. There's a timeout. Boston calls a timeout with the ball. Three seconds left in the third. Three seconds to get the ball down the court. Because they have the ball like on the opposite baseline. Yeah. They're out of a timeout. Joe Prunty in a purely defensive position, leaves Jason Terry in the game. <laughs> leaves, like, 50-year-old Jason Terry in the game to guard point guard Shane Larkin, who (laughs) Shane Larkin's not a great player, but like he's quick and he's crafty, right? Yeah. So Jason Terry used to be. Joe Prunty leaves Jason Terry in, he has to guard Shane Larkin. Shane Larkin blows right by him and hits a buzzer beating three pointer to end the third quarter. He's just not good. Yeah. In so many ways. And on the other end of things, Brad Stevens is a hell of a coach. Yeah. Brad Stevens can see every every negative thing for the Bucks on the court and he's exploited all of them. Eric Bledsoe has been awful of this series and he's used Terry to just attack and attack and attack and attack and make him look silly. Just
1: imagine if you switch coaches. Oh, that'd be unreal. Yeah, this Bucks team would be flying. This Bucks team would be the favorites to leave the East. Yeah. No, I I I do think this series is gonna be long just because I think the, the the talent on the Bucks is extraordinary and, and such it's so much in their favor that I I think it's gonna go back to two. And we're gonna next week we're gonna be talking about the next three games for them. I'm a. I'm not, I wouldn't be surprised if either team wins, but I think the Celtics will pull it out. I'm still waiting for the Giannis game that we haven't seen yet. I'm it's still, coming.
0: I'm still waiting for Giannis to put up like 42 and 16 or something. Yeah. And in that game, I wouldn't be surprised if Milwaukee can pull out a win. Yeah. But unless Giannis can do that for four games, they're not going to win this series. Boston's going to pull it out. Right. Um, Boston looks good, and I don't expect them to go anywhere else beyond know, this series. But- but it's fun. Their young guys are thriving. Oh, I mean, nope. Jason Tatum in Game One became yeah. the youngest player to ever get a double double in the playoffs. Yeah. Jalen Brown in Game Two became the youngest <laughs> player to score thirty points in the playoffs. Nice. They I, have I a mean, bright future. I,
1: yeah. Oh, I mean, these injuries. Honestly, I mean, all this year will be a good year to be healthy. Oh, so. it would be so good. Um, but I mean, it's going to help them in the long term. They have some incredible assets. When that Anthony Davis trade comes up in two years, you know, <laughs> I'm telling you. I like, hope they can go for it. I think they'll be able to. They'll be able to go for it. They'll have to give up one of those guys. but Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. But if you you have yeah, to. Yeah, you got it. Um, let's, I, I do think, just one more thing on the Celtics. I do think if if they were to make it out of this round, they're going to be a tough matchup for the Sixers or the Heat just because they play hard and they're coached well. That's it'd fair. Be, it'd be fun. I mean, Especially against the Heat. But if the Sixers make it, I think they'll give them a hard time in terms of just bothering them and pestering them. It'll be a long series. Totally, so I, I, can see, I can see that.
0: Win, but from a talent perspective, like the Sixers would be
1: able to—they're coached well and they're just talented, so they'd like, be able to pull it out. But, it'd be an overload on that yeah, end, six but, or seven. All right. Yeah, uh, I, hope, I hope that can happen. I would love to see that series. Yes. Let's uh, pop over to the our, our least favorite matchup in the West: Rockets Wolves. Rockets Wolves. To no surprise of our own, we have the Rockets leading the series 2 two zero. What do you have to say about the Timberwolves? <sighs> that's that's. Uh, Probably not nice, but... I have
0: nothing positive to say about the Timberwolves. (laughs) Timberwolves have looked... So, uh, they looked awful in Game 2, okay? In Game 1, they actually... They fought a little bit. They kept Game 1 tight, and they weren't able to pull out because James Harden threw in his little MVP hat and we're just like, I'm going to win this game. So, you know, you can't win those games. No, no. But... Expected more of an effort in Game 2, and Jesus. (laughs) Even in Game 1, when they won, they're not doing anything right. So yeah. Carl Anthony Towns, throughout this entire playoffs, throughout these two games in the playoffs, he has thirteen points.
1: Yeah. Thirteen.
0: I mean, in in game two, he only had like nine shots. In game yeah. five or
1: game one, he had like five shots. I think that speaks more to not him, to the coaching. Well, it's either and just, and it's, just the way they're 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 <laughs> they're utilizing Jeff Teague and Derek Rose. Well,
0: and, I don't know if it's by choice though. Like I don't know if it's Thibodeau saying we're going to run this, or if it is like a guy like, like Towns shrinking and more veteran guys like Rose and Teague saying, "Oh, we're just gonna do this." Yeah, they shouldn't I, be doing it because in in Game One and in Game Two, both Derrick Rose and Jeff Teague were playing like 2011 yeah. Derrick Rose. They were playing like they thought they were
1: like Derrick yeah.
0: Rose MVP yeah. like candidates.
1: You know what I mean? Like it was it was not good. And, no, and I, I think this team they need to look in the mirror and decide what the fuck's going on, what they're doing moving forward. Cause right now this is the time to get towns ready for the next 5 years they need to be giving him the ball getting letting him get shots i was very i, I was i was stoked
0: to see carlton Towns in the playoffs yeah. right cuz he's a great talent but even after these first two games yeah. i mean He's had he's had less than twenty shots over the course yeah. of two playoff games. He's your best player, arguably. Yeah, like, you can't have no, he's that. He's up there with Butler. And Jimmy Jimmy Butler also. I mean, he Jimmy Butler had eleven points in Game Two on six shots. Yeah, that's he, a problem. And he had the least amount of shots in Game One of the entire team. Yeah, like what are you like? What's happening? Like if it's I want to see more Tyus Jones. Tyus Jones is one of he's. I wouldn't be surprised if he is the Wolves' best all-around point
1: guard. I agree with that. I mean, not because Jeff Teague good, can't play defense, right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, like Tyus Jones is similar to T.J. McConnell for the Sixers. He's an yeah. ideal backup point guard right now yeah. because in every facet of the game, you can rely on him to like do something right. Yeah, like he's 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 not I mean, going to be detrimental to you. He's not going to hurt yeah. you.
1: I don't know. The Wolves, the Wolves suck. Like yeah. they're everything about what they're doing is not good. Even and not that we expected them to win any games or win maybe win one. You know, but But I expected it, them to be Anthony Towns and yeah. like, be competitive. When this team is because they're veteran laden, you would think, Oh, they're gonna be competitive because there's there's a certain pride with that. Yeah. And you know, it's it's early in the series, you know, the Rockets haven't won on the road yet. Yeah because they haven't played. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know what this team does moving forward because they have some what are you gonna do with Taj Gibson, Derek Rose, Jeff Teague? Like these guys need to go. And if you were going to do
0: anything with them, it would have had in this year, right? Yeah. Because you can't expect them. Like, Tosh Gibson's played great this
1: season. He's been... He's yeah, but he's... And that's fair. Like, to, okay, you got into the playoffs, great. But it's to the detriment of uh, Dang, right? Or Diang or what's his name? Gorgie Dang. Yeah, yeah, Dang. Like that. Yeah. He should be having those minutes right now. Or he should be splitting them. Uh, okay. I, just for experience sake. Fair. Uh, and I, I think you're missing out on some of that stuff and because you're... Trying to do what exactly? Do you do you remember
0: in um in the one of the last games of the season when the Wolves beat the Nuggets to yeah, make yeah. it into the playoffs? The last game. The last game. Yeah. Remember in that game? Taj Gibson had that great defensive yeah. stop, and that led to Minnesota getting the ball with a couple of seconds left on the clock yeah. at the end of regulation. Yeah. Game was tied. Minnesota had the ball, chance to get a shot. Do you remember the the shot that Jimmy Butler took?
1: No. Most bad, in, terrible. No,
0: in that game, he was on like the right wing, like around the three-point line. He yeah. took this like turnaround, fadeaway three-pointer mm-hmm. that obviously didn't go in. And in game one, when or was it was it game one or game two? It was game one. In game one, which was actually a tight game, mm-hmm. at the end of the game, Minnesota again, they had a chance to like tie it up. They were down three points. And Jimmy Butler took the same exact shot. Yeah. Except this time they needed three. And he took a two pointer. Like, it was just everything yeah, yeah. about it was wrong. But it was also not only wrong, it was the same exact thing that happened the last time they're in the situation. Yeah. And it's just really confusing. Like, I, I, I don't know what the blueprint is for this team. Yeah.
1: I Like, there's, I, I kind of have no words about it. It's just bad. I think everybody's on, like, can be traded or cut except for Carl Anthony Towns and, and Jimmy, Jimmy Butler. Butler. Yeah. Yeah. And I, Andrew you know, Wiggins
0: has been leading the team in shots, yeah, yeah, which is which,
1: which is good to see him engage. But he's
0: not doing anything with those shots really. Like he's, yeah, that he's contract's not gonna hurt them.
1: That's going I mean, and it, if he can end up being somebody who can have decent, he has the build to defend. So if he can be somebody who doesn't hurt you on the defensive end, he's gonna be it's gonna be great. So and he's getting there. I don't. I'm not losing faith, but I I'm nervous. I'm nervous. Yeah.
0: But again, he does have he has. But it's not. It's has, nice, he it's has good experience for him. He has the fundamentals to like yeah. be able to improve his defensive game. He also has one or two moves on offense. Like his spin move yeah. is crazy. No, yeah, like I, the the, the Andrew Wiggins spin move is super fast and like pretty unguardable, yeah. and he can make it work every time.
1: And I want to see him. Like he would have been great in the late nineties. But actually, like early two thousands. But he, actually, Corey, though, it reminds me of Corey McGee. Before, like, before the before the game stretched people. out a little bit, like yeah, just let him people. roll. Yeah. yeah, go ahead, take thirty shots. And, you know, maybe you'll make twelve. Yeah, it reminds me of. Um, all right, wait, one more thing on on just in general in terms of like some of the coaching things that happen at late game situations. What really drives me insane is like, all right, we're gonna give it to our best player and let him do whatever. Right, fine if you're down two, fine if you're tied. Or down uh, tied one, tied down two or down one. Sure, I, I can you support put, it. You put the ball in your best player's let, hands. Let, let, let them go to the hole or whatever. Yeah. Try to make something happen. Or one of your best player's hands. When you're down three and you don't have a lot of time, I personally think you should use your best, like Jimmy Butler, unless you can get him wide open. Use him as a decoy. Which, use him as a decoy get somebody open in the corner. Well, even like, look at they're going to double him. Let let somebody else get the ball. Even look at like LeBron's in over the years. Some of
0: some of LeBron's big moments. Oh, well, he's such a great passer. He's such makes, a great passer, yeah. but like he just drives into the paint, yeah. everyone crashes because yeah. he's the best player on the floor and he kicks it out and yeah. somebody can score, right? Like that's yeah. If you're a great player, just get some action going. If you're a great player or a great coach, like you should be
1: able to yeah. kind of
0: recognize those moments. Absolutely,
1: like you throw it in the towns and set a back screen on somebody so somebody can get free in the other opposite corner. Yeah, you know, like do something that's just not throw it in and let them do what exactly a thirty-five footer, thirty-five, a thirty-five Curry, so thirty-five foot spin around fadeaway jumper. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> yeah, there's not many people I want taking that shot. <laughs> All right, let's. We think the Rockets are going to sweep. So I don't Rockets are going to sweep yeah. for the Rockets. Game
0: one was led by Clint Capella and James Harden. Again, like I said, James Harden showed that he should be the MVP this year. Mm-hmm. In game two, they won this game. It was a blowout, but they Chris Paul had a big game. Chris Paul had a big game. Yeah. They did so without James Harden. James Harden, God, he was like two for. He was one for ten at some point. He was, yeah. ended up being like two for sixteen in the game. Yeah, and if you can win when your best player is by going 20. by win by twenty, when your best player goes two for sixteen. Yeah. I think that's positive for the Rockets. Absolutely. I think it was it was good for Chris Paul to get a good game in yeah. last night as well. Just and for, James
1: Harden was getting good looks. So like those yeah, shots there's the shots you want.
0: James Harden, he just couldn't make stuff, yeah. which which happens, yeah. right? But the team was still able to succeed. Everyone around him yeah. was able to succeed and I think they've had a very like, solid all-around playoff performance so far because yeah. everyone on that team has contributed.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see them in the next round. Let's move on to our last Western Conference matchup: Jazz Thunder. Jazz Thunder. It's been what a great series. Yeah, it's, this has been my favorite personally, besides for the Sixers because you know
0: obviously I'm a homer. each game so far. So the series tied one-one. Each game has had like great play by both teams. Yeah. But each game's also had like an individual standout. In game one, it was Paul George yep. or playoff P as he wants to be referred to. <laughs> PP. PP. There we go. <laughs> Paul George, he put up thirty-six points in the first game. He was eight for eleven from three. He yeah. was he was just in one of those zones. Similarly, Russell Westbrook had a great game. He had twenty nine points um in game one to go with thirteen rebounds and eight assists. <laughs> Carmel Anthony showed up a little bit, too. Uh, I know you've been rooting for Anthony to kind of have some moments in the playoffs.
1: I expect him to have a big game in this series. He like, hasn't. Like No, he hasn't yet, but yeah. I expect him to. I think he can win one of these playoff games in game three or four when they're on the road and the crowd's getting a little rowdy and PG de- PP doesn't have it. <laughs> uh, and maybe Westbrook is just doing Westbrook things. I think he could have a big game where he has 27 points and a couple of rebounds and really pulls it out for them. I think the story of Game 1 was
0: OKC having more star power. Yeah. When it came down to it, OKC, they were just able to do what they wanted. Again, their two best players were basically the best players on the floor. Yeah, And that's the an ideal position for any Absolutely. game, let alone in the playoff series. In Game 2, however, the star was not on OKC. It was not Mitchell for the Jazz. Mm-hmm. It was a tight game. Going into half, going into the third quarter, yeah, leaving the third quarter, going into the fourth quarter as well. Uh, it was a really scrappy game, and so AKC, or OKC has more talent. I think Absolutely. that's like you can plainly see that. Yeah, but last night's game in Game Two, it was a scrappier, yeah, um, just tougher, almost slower game, Leads and to be for them to win, and that was the that's an yeah. ideal way for the Jazz to pull something out. Yeah, and Donovan Mitchell. Rookie. Looks great. Looked fucking awesome. Yeah.
1: He had... This is a great experience he had, for him. He had,
0: like, 8 or 12 points in the first half. Yeah. Uh, he didn't have a great game in the first half. He didn't look bad. He just, like, didn't... He didn't put up the numbers, right? Yeah. He ended up with 28 points because in the third and fourth quarter, he was rolling. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah. He... I talked about earlier uh, Andrew Wiggins' spin move. <laughs> Donovan Mitchell has this crazy spin move yeah. that's probably already, like... One of the best in the league. It's so fast. He's so quick. He's so good around the rim. Yeah. He was just leading the charge for this Jazz team, and they they had actually been down over 10, They were down double digits after mm-hmm. OKC won on a run in the third quarter. OKC had a lot of big plays. like some defensive stops. There were sinking shots, and in the third quarter, it looked like the game was over. Yeah. But then OKC went cold. Um, David Mitchell got hot, and mm-hmm. he carried this team to the promised land and got them to win yeah this it, was, it was
1: remarkable great experience for him and i i think this series is going to be enlightening for him and if they make it to the next round it's only going to help you know his progression and this team move forward i i think i picked okc at the be like, last week yeah right? i'm going to stand by it but if they keep mucking up the game and making it a more of a dogfight, fight uh-huh I'm pick, like the jazz are going to pull it out they just they're they they're built for that right and they and I think they play better as a team. They're clearly not more talented, but they rely on each other in a in a way that the Thunder don't. They kind of just play their part. The Jazz of the people you walk into the pub and like everybody's like hanging out, laughing, and like in a corner, and the Thunder are like sitting at like a bar and everybody's at their own seat, just looking straight ahead. <laughs> that's and that's a. I'll yeah. take that. That's you a good. That? That's yeah. a good analogy. Um, yeah, I, although I I love I love the talent on the Thunder team. But, I think they have so much potential. But
0: the Thunder's big three, a big reason why Donovan Mitchell was able to lead this charge to win yeah. game two, their big three went cold. I, mm-hmm. In the fourth quarter, Russell Westbrook and Paul George and Carmelo Anthony yeah. combined to go 0-14. Those guys like, didn't score in the fourth quarter. It yeah. might not have been the fourth quarter. It could have been no, 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 yeah. could have another stretch. Either those. way, to end the game, those guys went 0-14. Yeah, That's a problem. Like, it is a problem. Adversely, where in game one... Those big three stepped up and were the best players on the floor. Yeah, PP stepped up. They were those same players were awful in game two and left the door wide open for the Jazz to come in and steal this game after front of them. Yeah. the the Thunder had this game.
1: They were up, and that's in the I mean, half. and that's what you say in the locker room. You know, they're both, they're both these games are on the road or, or at home, so they're going on the road. But I mean, that's what you say in the locker room. You know, we should have won this game. We know we should we should be up two zero. Let's go get this one.
0: I think Carmelo's washed late in the game. As a part of that 0 and 14 movement yeah. for that big three, he had this ridiculously, just inadvertently yeah. awful three pointer. <laughs> and it's, I, just, I, I, I don't even need to describe it for
1: you to understand what no, that yeah, looks yeah. Like. like. You know exactly what no, I mean. No, 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 yeah. I just, <laughs> I don't think he's, I don't think he fits well next to Westbrook. He works he well with to, the ball in his hands. He needs the ball more. Yeah. So it's, it's not a team built for him. The team shouldn't be built for him now. God, no. He should probably be coming off the bench. Yeah. He should be like, a la Dwayne Wade. Yep. But he's a much better shooter than Dwayne Wade. He, his game should age way better than Dwayne Wade. And he's also two years, three years younger than Dwayne Wade. So I, I and
0: he he has finesse too, right? Like yeah, Carmelo, he's, he's great in the post. He's,
1: he's not like a jamming down your
0: throat powerhouse yeah. kind of guy. Like he has finesse that can translate to him being less athletic but yeah. still successful.
1: I think he'll be he'll be fine. I just this isn't the team for him. I get nervous that if and when Paul George leaves, he's on the Thunder this next year, and he's probably going to be on the Thunder anyways. But like then he's second banana, he gets a lot of shots, and his stats go up. Like, that's not the game we necessarily want. No. It's, it, it, he just doesn't play well. And a lot of people can't play well next to Westbrook. I mean, Paul George is probably one of the few where you're like, this fits because Paul George is so good defensively. He doesn't need the ball <coughs> in his hands. He's good offensively. He's great when, sometimes, you know?
0: But a big reason that Paul he, George he has had success sometimes. this year, he's, his his three pointer has really improved. I don't want to say it's improved, he's been a great three point shooter for a while. But he's been able to just take some like yeah.
1: spot- up looks when he's gotten the ball oh, I'm sure he's getting wide open looks because Westbrook's just attacking so hard
0: yeah and props to Paul George yeah. for for being able to transition his game to play with Westbrook yeah but that doesn't mean that Westbrook is now just like someone who makes everyone around him consistently better no uh, but I do think they fit together and I don't think yeah they're fits no but I do he's, I see the out. Have,
1: yeah I think he's gonna have a good game I just one of these games I just I hope he's on a different team next year. I don't know what that team would be, but well, we can figure it out in the offseason. We have a lot of time to talk about yeah. it. Yeah, you got anything else going into these
0: games? I don't think so, man. Um, it's been a great playoff so far. Yeah, totally. This is a this
1: is a good first round so far
0: compared to last year. We had More, a bunch of sweeps yeah. last year, a bunch of just not great basketball to watch, uh, especially in the first round, in the early rounds, and this has really been a pleasant change of pace. And I know once we sign off here, Sixers game already started. Game yeah. three. We're Second gonna go quarter. to. We're gonna go tune in, watch Joel Embiid, watch some great basketball for the rest of the night. Yeah. And it's just fun, man. Basketball is fun.
1: Basketball is fun. Let's go Sixers.
0: Let's go Wizards. <laughs> <laughs> Rapsards? Rapsards? <laughs> the Wizapters? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to today's episode of Last Guys Off the Bench. Uh, again, we recorded this on Thursday, April 19th, uh, around 6 p.m. before Thursday games started. We will be back next week, next Thursday, being able to talk about the next two or three games. There should be some series wrapped up by then. The Sixers, probably. Uh, Houston, definitely. <laughs> um, either way, we'll have a lot to talk about, so tune in. Go Sixers! I'm not going to say go anybody. I am Josh King. Follow me on Twitter at Josh King underscore 950. And you can follow me at
1: Darcy Fairley. So original. It's also my name. Cheers, everyone. Have a Cheers. great week. Peace out. Mmm.